Welcome back everyone. In today's episode, we speak with the inspirational Lauren Quigley. Lauren has swam from a really young age, and although trying to hand at many sports, swimming was the one for her. Maybe it's in her blood. Competing in predominantly backstroke and freestyle events, Lauren had a fantastic success as a youngster, becoming European junior silver medalist and record holder. This set her up to later become British record holder and five times British champion. Her senior international career has seen her compete for Great Britain at World Championships in 2013 and 2015, and for England at the Commonwealth Games in 2014, where she came away with three silver medals. Her journey after retiring from competition has taken her to some amazing things all over the world, one of which is setting up her own new business called Quigley Sport. Today we talk with Lauren about these new ventures and how she came to them, her career highlights as an athlete, the importance of team cohesion for her, the psychological struggles that challenged her during her career, and also what it's like watching her friend, housemate, and sometimes now training partner, Lauren Steadman, take part in Celebrity SAS. Thanks to Lauren for speaking with us today, and we really hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey, hi everybody. So today we've got Lauren Quigley with us. Hi Lauren, how are you? Hi guys, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, just sort of getting through lockdown and uh, hopefully coming out a bit soon, but we'll, we'll just have to go with, with the rules of that. But yeah, no, all good, all good. Good. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Lauren. Really nice to have you here today. Um, you obviously competed at like such a really high level throughout your career and got international medals and all that. Could you just give us a little um, background on yourself and your swimming career? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I started, as most swimmers do, just learning to swim. Um, absolutely loved it. Mum didn't want us to do it because she was an international swimmer. So she tried <laughs> to stop me and my brother from swimming. Uh, tried everything. Get, put us in every single sport going. Um, but we, when you try and stop someone from doing something, they want to do it a bit more, I think. So <laughs> uh, that gave us a bit of fuel to the fire. And we both decided we wanted to swim. Um, so yeah, so I went through, uh, was, was my home club was Saracens, um, so I was with them all the way through at Hazel Grove, but I also swam for Manchester for nine years, um, and then Stockport for three, and then I went to Liverpool for a year and a half. Um, so I had some great clubs, um, and yeah, I, I swam at two world championships, so I did Barcelona in 2013 uh, with Amy. Yeah, uh, I've got a good story about uh, you actually at Barcelona, oh. which I'll tell you about oh, later. I'm nervous now. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, and then uh, Glasgow 2014 Commonwealth Games, and then Bar- and then Kazan, sorry, uh, 2015 World Champs. And then it sort of went downhill there, but I'm sure we'll have a chat about that as well later. Um, but yeah, and then I moved to uh, offer on a to Lanzarote. Um, but I continued to swim even when I'd retired. Um, and I had the opportunity to swim for uh, Parma, uh, Parma Mallorca, which sounds strange when I say I went and moved to Lanzarote, but still swam for them. Um, but yeah, through Robin Brew, I, uh, we, we got the chance to swim for them and they were amazing as well. So, uh, so yeah, I've swam for a few different clubs and done a few different competitions. But, but yeah, that's a, a general sort of thing of my swimming so great that's I mean that's really interesting I didn't realize that your mum was an international level swimmer herself I mean 
what why did she try to stop you going into it did she think about <laughs> how all those early mornings and how tough it was going to be like moving yeah. forward is that what it was yeah that is exactly what it was she did it herself um but yeah no her my, my auntie swam at the olympics in uh, 1984 uh 400 im so definitely not a, an event <laughs> that i would do my mum was a backstroker as well so i actually have trophies at home uh of, of engraved on when she won them and then years later when i've won them oh, wow. um, which is quite special um but yeah she's basically she did it she did the early morning she did the hard training i've heard all sorts of sessions that she did that i'm just like oh no like 10 200 fly with a woolly jumper on oh, <laughs> wow. and then i'm complaining about 650s uh you know <laughs> ascending rest and but uh, but we're always having a funny little arguments of who trained harder but i think it's probably her but i wouldn't tell her that um so yeah she she went through it all and did the early mornings and then she said she didn't really want us doing the same now i don't know whether that she didn't want to carry on doing the early mornings and having to take <laughs> us um or she just said it's just a really hard you know sport to do and and you might get something well you might get a bit more out of a different sport um so yeah so so like i say she tried to stop us but there was no stopping us once we'd got in and swam and I used to walk up and down the poolside and watch her swim because she still swims a bit. Um, so yeah, so she uh, she didn't win that one. We won it. So <laughs> wow. So swimming's really in the blood then for your family, isn't it? It's just yeah. gone through the generations. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that must yeah. be really nice as well to kind of draw off your mum and your auntie's experiences to help your own as well as you move if you were moving forwards through the sport. I mean, what would you say are maybe some of your career highlights of your own? um career highlights probably when i managed to get my goggles on the flags at stockport and we all <laughs> did that mean I you mean, got to go out, get to go out early <laughs> uh career highlights i mean one that stands out for me is when i broke the minute for the 100 back at the uh, world champs in uh kazan um i'd wanted to do that for so long and i i I've got a story of the five years that it took. So I went from a minute point five um, and it took five years to get to break the minute. Um, and I actually went a minute point zero one at one point and I was just like, maybe I'm just not supposed to do it. Um, but yeah, I got to, I got to the world champs and, uh, and I broke it in three times in one week after that. Um, yeah. And, and it was just a shift in my mental side, really up until that point, it was just, break the minute every time I got in break the minute break the minute and I got to the world and I thought do you know what I'm not I don't even want to break it anymore sack it I don't want to break it um and so I just remember walking out and and I think I I remember smiling pretty much down the second length even though I was in pain I was smiling because I felt like I'd done it um because I'd focused on the process of the race and yeah I touched the wall and saw that and saw the 59 and then saw mum and dad in the top with the flags and so that's that was a pretty special moment for me. Uh, I think that's definitely my highlight. Um, but also the 50 back at the Commonwealth Games against Georgia. Um, unfortunately for me, she beat me, but <laughs> fantastic race. Um, and just we touched the wall. I think we were first and second in the world at the end of that um, season. And that was that was definitely a special one being in Glasgow as well. So those are a couple that are definitely uh, stick out for me. Yeah, I mean, what I, what I loved about um, that that race at Glasgow as well for commies 
is that I remember, and there's some great pictures of it, at the end of that race, you were there holding George's arm up to sort of like help us celebrate. And I just thought that was so nice. That's just, that's just you, isn't it, Lauren? You like, come on, like pushing, pushing them forwards and like really kind of recognising other people's achievements. And I know how much you would have wanted that gold medal yourself, but to have got, as like you said, it was a great race. And that is what the sport is, isn't it? That is just, you know, that competition is the exciting part of it. And that was, yeah, yeah. and I, I love, I remember watching that race. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, George always, well, George has said to me a few times before, um, she's thanked me for raising her hand because she said she wouldn't have any pictures of, of celebrating, you know, she would have just got out. And so she said, thanks for doing that, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, I didn't even think twice. It was, yes, of course I wanted to win, but the race is over and you celebrate and, and she did amazing. And, you know, it was just a great race. So, yeah. Yeah. You, well, you both did. And yeah, like I said, I really like that, that you were kind of there to give her that support <laughs> away. Yeah. Yeah. You've sort of, you mentioned before there, like the, the clubs and stuff that you swam through and um, you said you'd stay with your old club the entire way through, even though you swam at a few different places. We actually had Mark Rose on, on the podcast a couple of weeks. I saw. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be one of your old coaches. So you, were you with Mark for that entire nine years? Was I with Mark for the night? Yeah, you said you were at Manchester. Um, no, no, no. I had, um, when I first moved, I had Mark Lappin. Um, right. And I think he moved to Sheffield after that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I had Mark Lappin for a while. Um, and then Mark, Mark Rose came in. Um, so I was with Mark Rose for a few years. Yeah. Few, um, I just saw what got me thinking there. You said there you raised George's hand and like that sort of team spirit, like Amy was sort of saying, seemed to be... We weren't on the same team at that point, were we? Georgia, England and Wales. Well, was that like a big thing for you in the clubs that you moved to? Uh, like I know Stockport, like around sort of the area you were swimming at, was quite a strong, like close-knit team, uh, appearing on the outside anyway. Was that yeah. something you thought about? Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I speak to some of the guys that I used to train with at Stockport and uh, we always say that we didn't actually appreciate it as much as we should have um, when we were in that team. Um, yeah. I went through a few different squads at Stockport. So when I first joined, it was me, Jimmy Goddard, uh, Harry Needs and Russell Smith, just the four yeah. of us. Um, so it was me and all lads. And we did a trip to South Africa um, and that was brilliant. Um, and then it, it, it moved again and we had, we had a load more lads like Liam Selby, uh, Tom Moss, uh, Tom Litton joined us. Um, so it was, it was still all boys. It was just me and all boys. Uh, wow. And again, it was uh, it was just it was a great team. Everyone wanted to train hard, and and it was just you know there wasn't one person that wasn't in it, all in it. Um, and then it flipped again, um, and it went to an all girls squad um, apart from my brother and Kieran Beer Jones. And again, that squad was was amazing, and everyone trained hard, and it I think. When I've, when I've moved around and seen different teams, there's always been someone who doesn't get on with someone or, you know, there's always that little gossipy. And as you get older, obviously, that goes. But with the squads at, at Stockport, the teammates were absolutely incredible. And uh, I definitely wouldn't have got where I was without those guys around me. Um, and it almost... I used to think, you know, I, we all train together and we all train super hard. And I'm the one that makes the teams. And I always, I always used to think, I wish they were making it with me because we're all training, you know, we're all doing the same stuff. Yeah. 
Um, but no, the, team, the teams have always just been incredible. And making the teams for GB, there was people that always stood out to me. Um, I call them the, the, the kindest superstars I've ever met. And a Amy's actually one of those. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> Barcelona. Um, Barcelona, Amy, you were amazing with me because I was new. So I was sat at a table. I remember sitting at the table one of the first nights. You were there and it, Hannah Miley, you two stick out. And, um, and I was just sat on the table like, I've watched these guys on TV and now I'm sat eating dinner with them and we're going to race together, you know. And it was such a surreal moment. And you two particularly were just so lovely. Um, and because I think new people come on and people aren't that bothered and you don't realise how nervous the new ones are, I think, being around you guys. Um, and actually that, you know, you, again, you two just stood out because you were so lovely and you helped me and you were chatting away and just those little conversations meant a lot. Um, but yeah, so, so team, team has always been massive to me, always. I couldn't, you can't do it on your own. Even though it's an individual sport, uh, it couldn't be done on your own. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a strange jump. Like, so Joe and I were both at Loughborough, as you know, um, and you, you kind of create your own team there and you go to your meets, say British champs and things like that, and, and you're there with that team. And then if you make the British team, it's kind of, you've got to create a whole new team to, to go on. And it's quite, you've got to create a team atmosphere quite quickly. Um, you know, obviously, like you say, if you've been on there for a few years, then, you, you know, you see the same faces now and again, but the team is always changing as you go through the years. And I do think, like you say, it can be quite daunting the first couple of times going onto a team where they might already have been on teams for years with each other. Um, so it's quite an experience, isn't it, I think? But it's just, it, it pushes you actually that little bit outside your comfort zone from being back at your home team. But sometimes I think being at these big meets, that can, for me anyway, I, I quite liked having that extra bit of, uh, it just made everything feel different. So it made kind of, you know step up that little bit more I think so yeah yeah it's definitely an experience but I think it is important to remember that new people coming onto the team how done it is like remember your yeah. first time of doing it yourself yeah yeah definitely I mean so through your through your career um you've had some absolutely fantastic highlights as you've said there um we all know swimming is a massively physical <laughs> sport where, you know, you, you go across obviously through physical struggles. That's absolutely expected. Um, it, there's also obviously a psychological side to it too, as, as in any sport, as in lots of different things. And recently you have kind of alluded to the fact that you've had challenges yourself in that kind of area going through your own sporting career. Um, would you mind kind of telling us a little bit about, Kind of your experiences with that and how you've sort of dealt with that and come out the other side things that might you know be um you know that might relate to younger swimmers as well yeah yeah definitely um i so up until 2015 um it was very simple for me i worked hard and i was successful and i worked hard and i was successful and i worked hard and i was successful and then uh 2016 came and I'd done really well. I had the best season I'd had ever in 2015 at the Worlds. And obviously when you'll know, uh, all through from when you start swimming and, and you start doing well and stuff like that, the Olympics is, is it. You're, you're going to the Olympics, you know. And, and for me, it had always been 2016 is your year. You know, you're going to make the team, you're going to smash it and all that sort of stuff. And so you hear that for years and 
and and I wish I'd have known obviously everyone says it but I wish I'd have known what I know now back then um but the pressure built for me um I went in 2016 um and everything sort of changed um the team I was in was fantastic, um, but I had some difficulties with other people. Um, I was never, as you can tell, I was never the skinny athlete. I was never the slim athlete. Um, I was never the smallest athlete. And, and at the, you know, that was sometimes in, in swimming and in sport, that's difficult because you sort of get told, you, you get told about it, basically. You get reminded. And when you get reminded of something every day, you start to believe it and you think, actually maybe you know i'm not i'm not the athlete that's going to make it and stuff like that but lauren sorry sorry can i, sorry, can I just, skinny isn't necessarily what you need no and i know that now <laughs> you're in great <laughs> shape though like <laughs> well i look back now and i think i wish i was in that shape now yeah, but, so yeah. <laughs> at the time you know you you sort of i think with with swimming and with sport i don't like to talk for all sports but i'm sure it's very similar you are you are forced to, to mature when you make teams for sure, but also you are kept uh, as a very, have to have a very childish mind as well. I think you're always reliant on a coach. Um, and I've noticed in, say, like with triathlon, you don't always have to have a coach there, but with swimming, you always have to have a coach there. And so you, you are, you are, you're always having decisions made for you. Um, and the good swimmers that, that go through the sport um, realise that they can make their own decisions. Um, but at this time, I wasn't in that, in that phase or that mindset. Um, and, and like I say, the pressure built and, and I started to hate it. Um, I hated going to the pool. I hated the training. I hated, I didn't even want to take my kit off before the session. You know, it was all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I remember going to the Olympic trials in, where were they? Glasgow. Um, and being stood in the core room to walk out for the 100 back, which was supposed to be the event that I made the team. Uh, in everyone else's mind, I was going. Um, but I actually wrote something on my laptop in the January to say I hated it. I don't want to do it. I hate the sport and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Just from a, an accumulation of pressure and people around me and stuff like that. Um, and I remember being stood in the call room and all the girls were lined up in front of me. And I remember thinking, I don't care if I come last here. I've just got to get out of here. So I swam. I think I came fourth. I got out. I can laugh about it now. I got out and I got called over for an interview. And I was like, in my head, you can imagine, I was just like, I was numb to it all, to be honest. And I went over and they were like, so how would you swim? And I was like, really? <laughs> I'm going to ask me that now. Uh, but anyway, I did the interview. I can't remember what I said. Um, I, I, I went back, went round to my coach. Didn't nothing really was said. Went outside and then burst into tears to my parents because before that I felt quite numb about it. And then I went, yeah, burst into tears. And the worst thing for me actually was not making the team. Now, obviously, I was gutted I didn't make the team. Um, and I'm not saying, oh, I don't care because I didn't make it. Of course, I cared, and I really wanted to make the team. But the worst thing for me was I hated the sport that I'd always loved. That was it. So and my parents didn't have a clue. I kept it all on the down low, kept it to myself. And people say, God, why didn't you talk about it? But at the time, you just, you know, I just didn't. Um, and yeah, and so, and now I, and I don't regret anything. 
Um, I'm, I'm not glad it happened, but I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now without having that happened. And, you know, I, I, I can help people, which is where Quigley Sport's coming from. Um, I want to help people in the next generation of athletes. But, um, but now I look back and I think to do things differently, it would be to realise that it is my own journey and I can make decisions. And although coaches are great, they aren't God. Um, they don't know you uh, like you know yourself, even though you sometimes naively think they do. Um, and you've just got to be, be sensible with the decisions you make and not believe everything your coach says all the time and stuff like that. Um, coaches are great, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you know, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. But also, you know, you, especially as you get older, um, to start making decisions for yourself is, is definitely key. Um, and you want to be around positive people. Um, again, my teammates at the time were amazing. Um, but, you know, surround yourself with positivity and, and, and as long as you love it. And, and this is, again, something that I talk about a lot and I know a lot of athletes do enjoy it. But, but really, please enjoy it. Um, you know, there's a, it, it, I was joking about it with my brother the other day and he was saying, I said to him, if you could go back, what would you say to yourself? And he said, to enjoy it. But he said, I wouldn't listen because kids don't, younger ones don't. They go, yeah, yeah, enjoy it. I do, it's great. But seriously, it's, you know, it, it's, it goes very quick. And, uh, and I don't think, I didn't enjoy it as much as I, I should have done. Um, I didn't really celebrate. I didn't celebrate any of my highs really because I didn't feel they were good enough. Um, and so, yeah, it's just celebrate everything because we do now. My dog goes for a poo and my family go, oh, we're the box. <laughs> uh, we celebrate everything. Um, and so, yeah, celebrate, enjoy and, you know, think about what you want, your own decisions, not just what the coach tells you to do all the time. Sorry if that was a very long answer. I feel like I just... Oh, that's, that's great. great. Yeah, it great. can be, as you said, the dumb, can't it, to, you know, enjoy, enjoy it. People say, like, enjoy it. And you yeah. Hear, yeah, but yeah. yeah, you have a good success, but you just always see it as a stepping stone. Yeah. You know, to the next part of your cycle or to... to mm -hmm. You don't really ever stop and, yeah, enjoy those, even the successes, as much as, like, you think about those failures. It's, it's kind of Absolutely. how I found coming away mm -hmm. from sport and stuff. So what was, between, was it 2015 where you said you broke the minute at the World Champs? Yeah. So yeah. you suddenly your life broke it three times in a week. So like almost, what, eight months-ish later you were swimming at um, the Olympic trials. Were yeah. you feeling that pressure before, like, Kazan at the World Champs? Or did that completely change in those eight months? And why was it such a, sh a shift? Um, well... <laughs> There's a few things that happened um, that I won't say on camera. Um, but yeah, there was, I swam at the Worlds, broke the minute, absolutely amazing, loved it. Um, got out, went to Sharon Davis. I was the first semi, so I didn't know if I'd made it through to the, to the final, but I broke the minute, so I was just like, woo, you know. <laughs> and then she told me live on TV that I'd made it, and that was an amazing moment. Um, and yeah, and then I went home and had summer and then went back and things just changed and I don't know if it was the pressure of the Olympic year um, but things were very different um, and the approach to things were different um, and yeah it just 
through those I mean it wasn't even eight months because it was in the January I was writing things saying yeah. I don't want to be doing it um so yeah so it was over a very quick period but yeah it will and and I don't blame everyone else obviously it's my own doing as well massively and not getting a grip of my mental state and how like, the, re the way I thought about things and, and my mental side of swimming and I don't think I placed enough importance on the mental side of swimming when I swam and you don't realize that, you know, I think when you go to a race, it's 95% of it is mental uh, by the time you get there. You've done all the physical work and, uh, and I definitely neglected that. So when it came to racing at the Olympic trials, I didn't have any tools to prepare for that. I just was numb, uh, didn't, wasn't, I remember walking onto poolside to warm up for the, for the 100 back final and uh, one of the the coaches that I worked on in the camp were shouting me, shouting me down the pool, Lauren, Lauren. And I just completely ignored him. Didn't ignore him on purpose, but I just wasn't even, I was in, I was on holiday somewhere, I think. <laughs> I wasn't even having a good time on holiday. I must have been <laughs> or something. But yeah, I just, he was, and then he came over to me and he went, why did you just ignore me? And I said, what are you talking about? You know, it's sort of like, I wasn't even, it was like an out of body experience really. But yeah, it all happened very, very quickly. And, and it just shows how quickly the mental side can get a grip of you and mm. change it from being in a world championship final to not even wanting to be in a pool anymore. Um, yeah, it happened very quick. Do you feel like writing those thoughts and feelings down in that January that you'd said was a way of you kind of venting or kind of, I don't know like obviously a lot of swimmers get told that keeping a logbook is good and then you know you can look back on your progression and it can give you the confidence and things like that obviously that would be a kind of a bit different is it a way of you venting or did you think now maybe what you'd said there should have been vented to someone to help you would that have helped you better do you think now being completely honest um because I didn't want anyone to know how I was feeling I just kept it hidden and again that's something that is very key in what I say now definitely talk about it and I wish I had um and I you know my, my parents were devastated when they found out because they said how have we not even realized and I'm sure they will have done but you know it in a year like that no one wants to hear not not of course they'd want to hear me talk about it but everyone wants it to be positive and you're going to make it and all that sort of stuff um but uh, I wrote it because I knew I wasn't going to make the team, to be honest, because I just knew, I just knew I wasn't in the state of mind. I didn't want to and all that sort of stuff. I did, but I didn't, it's, you know, it's hard. But um, so I actually wrote it because just to basically be able to say, and I look back now and I think that was not a good idea, but so that when I didn't make it, I could say, it's not because I've swam bad. It's because I didn't, this is how I felt all year but it was because I swam bad and I swam bad because of that yeah. you know it's and when I got out of the race everyone's going what happened you know everyone wants uh, an excuse did, were you injured did you hurt did you were you sick uh, no I just swam bad you know you, people do just swim bad and I swam bad and I was mentally in the wrong place um and and after that I'd spent three months in my room I didn't come out I remember driving oh. back down from Glasgow just tears, just tears streaming from my face. Then got got home, got into my room, didn't come out. And then, and, and 
one of the great, one of the amazing things like that, the people that, loads of people message me um, just to say, I hope you're okay and please don't quit on that and all that sort of stuff. And obviously at that point, I hated it and didn't want to swim. Luckily, I got back in with Mike Roberts and he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I got back in to get the love back for it. So not to go to the Olympics, just to love it again, um, which I did and he was amazing. But yeah, for those three months was, was horrendous. Um, and but I went through that and came out and realized that I need to deal with things better um, and and just to talk about more stuff and, and all that sort of stuff. And actually, it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't make the Olympics. Um, but the funny thing was when I didn't make it, uh, people on poolside were acting as if someone had died in the family and just avoiding me. And I was like, I'm still me. And I made it actually a joke. I was very good at the bravado. I'd go up to people and they'd be like, well, it could be worse. You could be me, you know, and people were laughing and I was laughing about it. Obviously inside I was devastated, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how people act and uh, touching on what you said before about raising George's hand. Another thing George said when I finished was you are one of the only athletes that if you beat them or they beat you, you're exactly the same. And I think that's so important. Like, even though I didn't make it, people were avoiding me and I was like, I'm still the same person. Um, I just didn't swim very well, you know. <laughs> and I think that's important in swimming and in sport, you know. Just always be you and, and you're, you're going to win sometimes. Other people are going to beat you sometimes. Just get on with it, you know. Just yeah. it. It, it is difficult, isn't it? To, especially when you're doing it to a level where it is sort of like your job. It, I mean, that is what your world is focusing and revolving around for, for most hours of the day, uh, week in, week out for years. And I think it gets to the point where you see that as your identity. So it's then hard to distinguish between a sort of like having a bad swim and then seeing that as a huge failure and everything else is wrong in the world and your life and whatever. And it's, you've got to kind of remember that it is at the end of the day, swimming. And, you know, there's a lot worse things that could happen. Do you know what I mean? Although it is hard and you put so much time and effort and energy into that and there's people around you that supported you through all of that, it feels horrible. But on the other side of it, it, it is just a swim. <laughs> it's it's it with identity coming out of swimming, didn't we? Like not being yeah. swimmers anymore. Um, and it's definitely quite a big thing to try and get your head around. So it's good to try and keep other things on the outside, I think, going just so you've got a little bit of another focus so you know if one thing's not quite going right you can you've got the other thing in your life as well yeah, yeah. we were talking recently weren't we about um it, like you mentioned it before lauren you said about like something kind of matures you and you sort of make a gb team matures you i feel like it does and then it seems to keep you at whatever age you were there well for me this is just me <laughs> i don't know but like I, just the way the gb team was set up and because swimmers tend to be relatively young, and I was one of the older, I, I sort of was older in my career when I started got, making GB teams and stuff, and I was like 27 years old, and they're telling me you've got to go to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> I, why, what are you doing down the corridor? Why are you walking down? Because like, well, what? Like, you know, I'm getting told when yeah. to go to bed when I was in my late 20s. I was like, this yeah. is ridiculous. You weren't allowed just the opportunity to make any decisions yourself, which just seems a little bit silly. So then yeah. come out of swimming, for me, I was 29. And yeah, that's all I've done for the last 20 odd years is swim. So it is a, it's a bit strange then. And then I, could, I finished on what wasn't a good 
performances. So it finished on a big nose dive rather than on an open. It's easy, I guess, if you leave on a big yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's strange times and strange to get your. Um, I don't know. Get split the identity kind of thing, and, and, and I don't know. I, it's all rambling here because a lot of different things going through my head. But is this now yeah. part of like Quigley Swim? Do you have you taken what you've learned there and put this into into Quigley Swim? Like how how have you integrated that? Yeah, well, that's the idea. I mean, <clears throat> through my whole through my whole career, I always wanted. I loved helping out, and and we all we all did it. We all did the swim um, appearances and stuff like that. And and I loved doing those um, and helping out where I could, um, and you know I you don't get taught necessarily the actual home truths of sport um, yeah. when you're when you're younger. Um, I know I definitely didn't, and it's through no one's fault. You just don't talk about it, um, and so I just think highlighting some things like we are now. Um, to, to other athletes of the the truths of some some things that go on and the mental side of it and all that um and so it's just about being honest really about my own journey and hoping that other people can get get stuff out of it um you know I, a lot of the time I felt alone in what I was feeling and then since I've come out of it it's a bit late I can't go back but um there's there's athletes that have reached out to me and that have uh, said that's how I felt when I you know was going through it and stuff like that and and that's something that's key it's it's being honest and it's um showing other athletes that that's normal and there are ways of getting around it so there's obviously that side of it and then just the helping out in the pool side um you know there's there's stuff like you said you do it for 20 years we do it for a long time so if we can help out and give back then that's something i've always wanted to do um so yeah so it's just about being open and honest and and making sure that athletes know that what they're going through someone's definitely gone through or gone through similar so yeah definitely yeah it's i mean it's great and it's a great idea as well i actually saw um i think it was on, on instagram this morning from kate campbell she put up a post about mental health and i think she's been quite open and honest recently about struggling with that and you know in the past she's had um performances where she's probably had that expectation on her of well, you're going to win and, you know, at really high level competitions and then she's not and she gets out and people are probably like, oh, what, what happened there? That's people's yeah. thought. And like you said, it's, it's not always just anything. Maybe you just didn't have the swim, but recently she's been quite open and honest on social media. I've noticed about um, mental health. And she was saying this morning on the one that I saw that for sports people, sometimes it can be seen as a weakness to be, struggling with anything like that or need extra support in those kind of areas and she was really quite um she wants to be a thinking advocate for saying like that's that's really not the case like you, you know everyone is going to be under that kind of pressure people are just going to need different levels of support to kind of get them behind that block feeling the best they can be and so i think yeah like you said open and honest is definitely the best way to go and sometimes I think even that can just feel like a, a weight lifted, can't it? Just to, to let someone know about it that can go, actually, yeah, no, I don't know exactly what you mean. I went through a similar thing. And it just makes it feel human again that, you know, you got the odd one out or anything like that. So there's, yeah, top level swimmers like yourself, like Kate Campbell are all kind of, you know, aware that it's something that needs to be taken into account, basically, as part of your training. So 
Yeah, I mean, that's great. So you, you've also said uh, just before we we're on camera that you're setting up a, um, a psych, uh, sorry, a running app, is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's called that. V-Run. Um, yeah, it's called V-Run. It's on, it's on all the social medias, um, working on an app uh, to go along with it, but it's just a virtual running club. So anyone in the world can join it. Um, it's been it's been great to work on through lockdown. Um, obviously, it's a great time to be part of a virtual something because no one can actually <laughs> see anyone physically in person anymore. So that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just an opportunity for people to join the club and uh, do sessions, uh, you know, events, stuff like that, really. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, I've no we've noticed that there's definitely cycling ones like Zwift and Suffolk Fest, but we wanted to bring our own running one in. So, uh, so yeah, that's been, that's been really good to work on so far. Brilliant. When you say we, who, who, who are you talking about? Um, there's a guy in Lanzarote called Mark Botham, who's actually from the UK. Uh, he lives, he's from actually near me in Stockport, but he has a house in Cornwall, um, but there in Lanzarote. Uh, and yeah, I've been, I got to meet Mark uh, when I went out for the first time. And ever since we got on really well, his family are amazing. And, uh, and yeah, we've just been working on this running app. He's a running coach, um, but this is just something he's doing on the side uh, of his work anyway. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's been great. Oh, bro. I mean, you, you just mentioned there about Lanzarote um, and, and meeting Mark out there. You've kind of lived out, out there for a little bit, sort of, haven't you, with working with Robin Brew um, and also Lauren Stedman's out there a little bit, isn't she, with you guys too? I mean, what, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to go and live abroad and um, sort of what you're doing out there? What's your role with Robin? Yeah, um, so basically I, uh, obviously I said I swam at Liverpool after uh, my time. Uh, well, I sort of had retired, but not. I was just getting back in to enjoy it. Um, and then I got the opportunity. Well, before I go on to that, I, uh, no one knows this, but I went for a test to get on the, this is an exclusive for you guys. Uh, I, uh, I actually, thanks to Robin, got me in touch with um, GB Rowing and uh, I went to do a test um, to get on the GB Start programme. Got onto it um, and I did a few months training rowing. Um, so I learned how to row and I was rowing at Salford Keys, so I was rowing past Coronation Street in Old Trafford. Uh, any United fans out there, it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so I did that for a few months and that was, I mean, rowing's tough. Rowing is tough. Um, and I somehow picked another sport where I go backwards. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I did it. Um, and I met some amazing people, learned a new sport and, and it was fantastic. Um, and those guys were brilliant. But then I got the opportunity to move out to Lanzarote and go and work with Robin, which I couldn't really turn down. Um, so yeah, so I went out to Lanzarote um, and was helping Robin with Robin Brew Sports. So we were coaching uh, swimming and triathlon camps, but obviously the triathlon camps, I wasn't very good with coaching for running or cycling. So I just sort of took part. Um, but yeah, helped out with the swimming side and also did the media um, for Robin Brew Sports. So the photography and the video and video editing and all that. Um, and that's been amazing. Uh, I've can't put a value on it it's just been the people I've met living in a new country like I said having a constant tan it's just brilliant um <laughs> but yeah that's been amazing and obviously Robin coaches Lauren Stedman uh and I lived with Lauren for the second year um and she's she is just one of a kind that that girl uh, <laughs> 
been it's been great to get to know her and, and train with her and watch her train and stuff like that um and obviously she she's been doing strictly and sas so that's been cool because i get all the behind the scenes um yeah. so that's been interesting um but yeah no it's just it's been a fantastic two years um and i've learned loads and and taking stuff from my swimming career like we said and and putting that into place we'd have like family swim camps where i do talks and uh, speak to the younger guys which i absolutely loved um and also learning again the new two new sports running and cycling um so it's just i just basically bounce from sport to sport really <laughs> uh, see what i'm all right at and uh, just go with that but um but yeah no that's been a great two years uh, with robin b sports and hopefully obviously lockdown stopped all that but we'll see what when we can get back to that and stuff like that um but yeah no all good stuff since i came out of swimming so Wow, Rowan, didn't know about that. That's the breaking news. Yeah, so how did you enjoy yeah. that? Yeah, I, I did actually, yeah. It was cold um, at times, uh, rowing outside, uh, absolutely freezing. But it was it was really good fun and it was it was nice to step out of the swimming bubble because you as you guys know, you sort of know everyone in the swimming bubble and you think that that's everyone and you know and then you step out and you go, I know no one. <laughs> all these new people and you learn skills and I took skills from swimming obviously and transferred those over and and yeah it was it was it was definitely an interesting few months uh, I was in a beginner's boat for a long time which became a joke to everyone uh, I was in a boat that you couldn't tip you um but I managed to get into a proper boat and that was that was cool that was a good experience uh, so what were you rowing in like a four a pair or no single skull um oh, so if you come from uh, if you do the GB start program, it's normally people from other sports. So they want to make sure you can row on your own first before you start to go with people. I moved away before I'd even gone with someone else and they're probably thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you're not going to tip the boat up with the other three. Yeah, people. exactly. <laughs> it's cold and it's dirty and solved with keys. So <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you've not got into open water then. I know a few have got into uh, open water since stopping pool. Yeah, I mean, well, my start of my career today, I was doing 800s. Um, and I said to my mum, uh, when I had enough of them, I said, I think it was, I was about 15, 14, 15. And I said, I don't want to do them anymore. And she said, well, we're at nationals, just do this one. And then make go out with a bang and that's it. So I did the 800. I think I went 849. Uh, I got a silver, I think. Uh, and I got invited on all the open water events. <laughs> I was like, cheers, mum. Uh, so uh, so I think I did one race when I was in swimming, and that was the Elite Wave in Salford Keys with Kerry Ampey, Cassie Patton. I was at the back. I was just, you know, having a lovely time, really. Um, but since then, I've done one again in Lanzarote, and it's a bit different when it's nice and warm. Yeah. Uh, and the sea's clear. Um, so that's been fun and the prize was Haribo so I had to win it um, so yeah so I did that one but other than that I haven't done any open water whatsoever uh, I did get tempted in Lanzarote but no I haven't I haven't done any oh, I bet it's definitely more tempting out there <laughs> it definitely is definitely. <laughs> you got any um, any more exclusives for, exclusive for us then on uh, Lauren with the behind the scenes uh, from the SES we've just watched that and we like yeah. Uh, during lockdown, we, we, we were, I think we were behind, so we played catch up, so we've only just seen them. All. Yeah, she did so well. Yeah, really well. She did amazingly well. Um, I 
there's things that she, there's stories that she told me that obviously didn't get aired because they only have a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she did. She did amazing, and I knew she was going to do amazing. She was very nervous watching the actual shows come out, um, because obviously you don't know how they're going to edit it. But um, but no, she did fantastic. Um, I'm not sure I could have done it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think they portrayed it quite well. Uh, there's a couple of things that looked a bit, uh, but um, but her and Joey are all good. Like, that's all fine. You know, they, they, they like to play that one up to the camera. And she's telling me all about it. And she's like, oh, but you know, I, I like Joey and I don't want to cut it in the wrong way and stuff like that. But no, she, uh, it was a great series to watch. It was very strange to watch with her sat next to me yeah. uh, or being on the end of the phone. Um, but yeah, no, she did it. She did incredible. Um, I just wanted to go on I'm a Celeb now, really. That's all <laughs> and she would have done them all. And she would have done them all. Straight yeah, yeah. SAS. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to do I'm a Celeb because I said, will you please invite me out and then I can go to the hotel. I'll be at the end of the bridge. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get your tan back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Oh, bro. Well, yeah, I mean, it, like you say, it's, it's fantastic that you kind of you're out there and you're trying loads of new things, new experiences and you, you're transferring what you've learned in swimming over. And, and I really love that you, you are trying to pass that on to the next generation as well, because I mean, you, obviously everyone learns as they go along. And so hindsight is a brilliant thing. Um, but if you can kind of help in that little way, in any way to, to pass, pass a bit of a uh, encouragement on and anyone picks it up even those little snippets then I think that's job done isn't it that's that's a great thing so yeah brilliant I mean thank is anything else you want to ask Lauren no that's that's he wants all the he wants all the celebrity SAS scoop now yeah that's right I know what's more gossip I think I think <laughs> yeah I'm always like watching him feeling like oh what could I could I do this it's just the cold but they keep doing these ones in middle of Scotland somewhere I think I just oh. I know, it's too cold. if you got asked to do it though Joe would you do it would. Probably, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll, put, I'll get Lauren to put a word. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be good. Yeah, I think I'd have been good 10 years ago. No, I'm not. Nah, don't put yourself down, Joe. You've got to believe in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you said before, swimmers can't run and my knees can't handle any running. So. No, I know. That's true. All right. Well, I'll ask to get you on Strictly then. We'll do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, do that. That'd, that'd be good. <laughs> I think I'm a bit just struggling through the running than trying to dance. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for that today, Lauren. That was really no interesting, and I feel like we've learnt loads from you as well. So thank you so much for joining us, and best thanks of for having me. What you're doing with with your app, with your new coaching, with Quiggy Sport, and everything as well. And hopefully, we'll see you soon. Where can yeah. I uh, find you, Lauren? Quigley Sport and yourself online, what, you, what your Twitter handles and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, it's Quigley Sport on Instagram. And there's a Facebook page um, and then it's Lauren A. Quigley just everywhere. And if you really want to find me, I'm in Stockport walking around. So <laughs> social distancing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Don't just run up. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, right, well, Lauren. Oh, you're welcome. welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Nice to meet you. See you soon, Lauren. Bye. 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 Bye.